Welcome to Stuff We Love Podcast. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Stuff We Love Podcast. I am Scott, and I'm happy and honored to welcome back to the podcast tonight a frequent guest, a great man, and one of our listeners' favorite participants in the Stuff We Love Podcast. And that is Mike. Mike, welcome back to the show. Uh, it's always great to hear you say that, Scott, and I always hope I can live up to that uh, with that um, uh, moniker of one of the favorites. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, thanks. I feel like I may have lost my regular status, but the frequent status. I'm glad. It's just it's been a while. It's glad I'm glad to be back here with you. Look, you are. If you're on the show once, you're a regular, and you've been on more than once, so you've established that uh, that that title. The um, three times. Uh, this is my. This might be my fourth. Really? That, oh, wow. That's even, that's great. Um, it, I was thinking that your appearances remind me, this is really shows you how empty my life can be so much that I actually think of this, <laughs> that when Johnny Carson was on the tonight show and Don Rickles would be a guest, the ratings would spike. So <laughs> this is like having Don Rickles on the show. I, I don't know if I'm quite as witty uh, and uh, I, I, I can't do the, you'd be a little mean spirited. So I'm not quite, you know, quite right. there. I don't know if I bring that entertainment value to your audience, Scott, but I will do my best. Strictly from a ratings perspective, <laughs> strictly ratings we're talking about. <laughs> Thank you, though. I appreciate, uh, you know, you, you comparing me to the great, late, great Don Rickles. Well, I, I'll tell you why I think you're so popular with our listeners, because when you're on the show, we often talk about recommendations. And I can't tell you how many listeners have reached out to me and said that they love it when the podcast gives them recommendations for things to watch, listen to, yeah. read, things like that. And that's what so much of your so much of our conversation when you're on is about are these recommendations. And we're going to keep it going tonight. Well, I love hearing it, too, because there's so much content out there and you have to sift through so much to really get to the, to the good stuff, to the things that really hit you on a gut level. And, you know, all the recommendations that we make aren't going to resonate with everybody, but I feel like there's enough that we throw out there and that, that you um, and your other guests have thrown out there that, you know, that, that do resonate with me and that I, I do feel that I've uh, gained something by watching them. Absolutely. I love you have one recommendation in particular that was just off the charts good that I didn't see coming, but we can get into that a little later. If you My heart just skipped a beat with anticipation <laughs> as, as I wait to hear. And yep. um, tonight, Mike and I are going to be talking about what we've been watching recently in movies and TV. So we'll be getting into that. And before we do that, Mike, one thing I was thinking about earlier today is that if we were doing this podcast, if podcasts were even around, let's say 10, 15 years ago, it would our show would be much more predictable. Because there were no streaming services back then. So it was right. kind of like around the country, everyone would be watching this show at eight o'clock, this show at 830. And then that's the water cooler conversation that, you know, that term. Now there's a million streaming services and I have no idea what you're going to talk about tonight. That's right. I kept it a secret. Yeah, we don't we have no idea what, what the other is going to say. That is I don't know what you're going to say either. That's right. <laughs> yeah. For my podcast recommendation, I recommend the Stuff We Love podcast. Oh, that goes without saying. I've said this once. I'll say it every time I'm on here. Best host in podcastum is Scott. Thank you, Mike. That's that's an honor. That's, <laughs> that's truly an honor. And with that, let us kick off the holiday season. This is this is a big moment right here by talking about some movie and TV recommendations. And Mike, I'm going to turn it over to you for our first recommendation of the evening. What do you have? Appreciate it, Scott. So um, last year was a difficult season because of the pandemic. Uh, we were inside. I, I got a great recommendation from a friend to watch a show that I thought really captured the magic of the holiday season. It was Dash and Lily on Netflix. So I, I just think that's a great show. It's kind of like got this, um, you know, serendipity. It's got this Nick and Nora's infinite playlist, uh, this a um, uh, little bit of uh, Sleepers in Seattle sprinkled in kind of vibe. Um, and it's really uh, this really interesting, uh, uh, you know, romantic relationship that develops where um, a girl leaves a book in a bookstore for somebody to find. She hopes it's somebody who will share her interests. And lo and behold, it is. And they kind of have this um, uh, this they leave this breadcrumb trail back and forth with this uh, notebook to try and find each other and grow with each other and have each other do interesting things. Uh, that might make the other one uncomfortable, but grow. And it's a great romp through New York City during the holidays. 
And it really just captures the magic of the season, in my opinion. I am so glad that you mentioned that show because I just said to my wife the other night, remember last holiday season, we were watching Dash and Lily all the time. Yeah. And I wish there was something like that available right now uh, or that it would be back for a season two, at least. Me too. And your description of it, I think, is right on the money. It's for me, one of my favorite things about the show is the way it brought New York to the audience. New York during the holiday yes. season is, is beautiful. And correct me if I'm wrong, Mike, wasn't the soundtrack really good, too? Didn't they have soundtrack was great. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Soundtrack was terrific. I haven't seen it in a year. I do plan on watching it soon, Uh, but it does kind of sweep you up. I mean, even, you know, they play a great version of all Lang sign at the end of the series. Like there's just a lot of, um, uh, they do a great job of, of making you feel, um, the warmth or, but, but it's not cheesy, you know, it's, 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 um, it's kind of like, yeah, it's, it's a very well put together and well-designed soundtrack. And, you know, last year when we couldn't go into the city to do all the fun magic stuff of this time of year, it, it was nice to have it brought to you, as you said. And yeah. um, and you could kind of live vicariously through them doing the things that we missed doing in 2020. It's really interesting, Mike, to hear you say that, because I definitely remember watching that show last holiday season while being trapped in our homes and thinking, yeah. oh, man, it would be great to be there right now. And it reminded us of the world that we were missing. And absolutely. Um, also, you know, it's an interesting show because it, to a certain degree, it has things in there that we think of as traditional romantic things, you know, ex-girlfriend who may be back in the picture and yeah. how family relates to the new romantic interests. But by in, the inclusion of this book that, that you mentioned, you know, that's the key, um, I forget what the appropriate term is, but a major plot, device, plot point. Plot twist or yeah. just the idea that plot uh, device yeah. device. Exactly. It, that's what made it really, really unique. And I had no idea where the series was going. Uh, I loved it. It was one of my favorite things I've ever seen on Netflix. Me too. And even though you can kind of see the direction the story is going, they do a nice job of um, making it, you know, it's not twisty and turny, but twisty and turny enough um, where they keep, they really hold your attention. And, you know, um, they, they put the characters through the trials and tribulations that, you know, they give you enough doubt uh, about it's just it's really um, a, a, a sweet, romantic holiday romp. And it's just it, I, I thought it was beautiful for last Christmas season. And I'm going to watch it again this year. So that leads me to a question, Mike. You mentioned you're going to rewatch it this year. My question for you is with so much to watch nowadays with all these streaming services and sports and all of that, how much time do you find yourself rewatching stuff versus watching it for the first time? Good question. So do you mean um, watching new content versus uh, rewatching stuff I know hits me, uh, right. you know, the way that like, like the way I want to you know, feel this particular time? I think I've been rewatching more uh, content lately because, as we said at the beginning of the episode, I, I just I don't know if I have time to sift through and find the stuff like I, before kids. I was on like an indie film kick and, you know, I'd, I'd have hits and misses, but the hits were really great. The misses were, um, you know, it, it was fine because I had enough time. Now my time is very limited. Right. Um, so I want to see if I'm in the mood for a fun, um, you know, raunchy Christmas movie, I'm watching uh, Office Christmas Party or I'm putting on <laughs> The Night movie. Before, right? Or the Night Before, Howard and Kumar uh, Christmas. It's just they're, they're, they're really raunchy, fun uh, Christmas movies that keep you in the, in the spirit, but at the same time, you know, they're, they're a little bit different. I, I try to watch um, It's a Wonderful Life only once or twice a season because I don't want to ever spoil that for me where it gets, you know, uh, overwatched. Um, sure. But yeah, I think I'm more, over, I think I'm more rewatch things uh, than I find new content for sure. How about Very you? Interesting. I, it's, I've had this desire recently to rewatch some stuff and then I feel this pressure to just keep going with what I'm watching because I find myself yeah. being overloaded, especially now that Hawkeye is out on Disney+. Plus. Like oh, I'm, I haven't watched that yet. I do have to watch that. <laughs> haven't watched that either. And I feel this sort of pressure to just watch it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But, I've seen every other Marvel thing. I should see that. Exactly. It's like we're now too far into the uh, Marvel Universe, MCU, to, to, to not watch TV shows or movies related to it. But Get back out now. Yeah, I, I love watching new stuff, but I, I do want to make an effort to sort of go back to the old stuff. And I think Dash and Lily is great to revisit during the holiday season. It's a perfect choice. 
Thank you. I think Good so way too. to start the show. Good way to start the show. Thank you. And I, I, yeah, if anybody hasn't seen it, it's um, yeah, highly recommend it. Um, it'll really kind of sweep you away. It's, it's six 30 minute episodes on Netflix um, and they go by pretty quick. So Mike, you started with a re- holiday recommendation. So I'm going to do a holiday recommendation as well. I'll give you a movie that I watched recently on Netflix called Love Hard. Have you heard of this yep. movie? <laughs> oh, I saw it. You saw it. Yes. Oh, you bet I did. Okay. So Love Hard. I had no idea this was coming out. And then I was on Netflix and they said, oh, number one in the country today. So I said, oh, I, what is this? So I watched the trailer and I'm like, oh, this is, this is a movie made for me. Um, and I got to say, it's not the greatest movie in the world. You don't watch that and think, oh, right. this is, it's a wonderful life. But to me, it serves the purpose of what a holiday movie should do, which is entertain, capture the essence of the season, be a little bit unpredictable. And uh, that's what Love Hard is. It's basically the story of a single lady living in Los Angeles who has trouble meeting someone. And she engages in an online you know, dating website communication with somebody who she thinks is you know, very good looking and they have so much in common. And she decides, oh, for the holiday, I'm going to fly across the country and surprise him at his house. And then she goes to the door. And what do you know? She's been catfished. It's somebody else entirely pretending to be the guy. (laughs) That's right. By the way, that sounds like a major spoiler. That's just from the trailer alone. (laughs) It's in the trailer. Yeah. (laughs) I was going to say that too. Nobody has to fast forward anything. That's it. That's it. So, um, what I liked about this movie is, first off, I like the um, guy who plays one, one of the lead characters, this comedian, Jimmy O. Yang, I guess his name is. I find him very funny. He was one of the stars of Silicon Valley. Very, very entertaining. Charming. Very, what'd you say? Very charming. Too. Very charming, Mike. I agree with that. Yeah. yeah. And the uh, girl who's played by Nina Dobrev, I think I'm saying that last name correct, from The Vampire Diaries. She's a fun actress to watch you got the lights you got the christmas parties you got christmas carols and all of that stuff it's a move it's a fun romantic comedy and mike i'll ask you what was your reaction to the movie love heart i felt the same way i enjoyed it it was um you know it's funny when i was watching i was thinking of a conversation you had with joe on one of the podcasts about how he loves the hallmark movies like you know he he kind of knows where the plot's going and you know um but it's it still has the the warmth it has the yeah, the Christmas carols, it has, you know, um, the person who comes from a hard driven professional field to go find romance and uh, gosh darn it, you know, they're going to uh, leave that uh, crazy world behind because they found their happiness, what, whatever, whatever it is. They, but it doesn't matter. This movie, it, and this movie, I feel like is more fun than the Hallmark movies I've seen. It's more well produced and it's uh, it's a little wittier because of uh, the comedian. Uh, what's his name again, Scott? Jimmy. O. Jimmy. Yang. Jimmy O. Yang. That's right. Yeah, he's he's witty. Uh, they do a nice little take on um, Baby It's Cold Outside that I thought was really charming, uh, where they make it the non-threatening, um, uh, I guess, more uh, <laughs> woke uh, Me Too uh, version of it, which I, I've heard I've heard that done before, but it, it still works really well for this scene that they set up in this movie. And the two of them have a really good chemistry together. Uh, the interesting plot point that is also in the um, in the trailer is that the person she thought she was trying to date mm-hmm. is a real person right. <laughs> and uh, he's actually in town and Jimmy O. Yang uh, tries to help her uh, actually date him. And it, it's really interesting to see the dynamic between the three of them. They right. do a great, they all three play off each other really, really well in this. And it's a fun movie. Yeah. So love hard was a, was a fun movie. And uh, to me worth, oh. uh, worth going to. Wait, but there's one more thing we have to discuss. Yes. Okay, this is a controversial topic, and uh, I might get slings and arrows, you know, at, thrown at me for for this one. There's a major plot point in there where they state that Die Hard is a Christmas movie. Now, I may say this in joking, <laughs> and I love the, the titles. Obviously, play on Die Hard, Love Hard, Die Hard. <clears throat> but um, I'm sorry, it's just not. I say it joking that it is, you know, but frankly, it is a one of the greatest action adventure movies of all time set just with the backdrop of the Christmas season, but there is nothing in that movie. You can argue maybe that Powell is Sergeant Powell, Santa Claus. And when John McClane wishes to be with his family again, he sets things in motion so that John can kill Hans and be with, you know, his wife. If, if that's a spoiler at this point, by the way, <laughs> you really need to get out and see more movies. Um, 
but I'm sorry, there is nothing in there other than the soundtrack and the Christmas tree decorations that actually relates to Christmas. I agree with controversy. you. Controversy. I have never thought Die Hard is a Christmas movie. If if Die Hard is a Christmas movie, then any movie that has a backdrop of the holidays. <laughs> look, then if a movie is filmed and it's the summertime, oh yeah, so and so is a summer movie, but it may have nothing to do with summer. It's a ridiculous thing. I do not think Die Hard is a is a Christmas movie. To add to your point, if I'm not mistaken, in the beginning of uh, Lethal Weapon, it was Christmas or something when she right. jumps off the balcony, right? In the that first is scene. true. I believe so, yes, that's correct. is that a Christmas movie? I don't think so. <laughs> this is controversy on stuff we love podcast. This is yeah, no, this it's is not, a hot, it's hot not topic a, here. Hot takes, hot takes. It's not a Christmas movie, but I did see online a Christmas sweater being sold that said "Die Hard" is my favorite Christmas movie. <laughs> and I respect that because it's kind of fun. And yes, but when we, if we're going to be, if we're going to be real about this, that, no. that, ain't, that ain't a Christmas movie. Sorry. Not a Christmas movie. I agree with that. Love Hard is a Christmas movie, without without the doubt, and a good one. <laughs> so, Mike, what's your next recommendation? Okay, so my next recommendation, uh, it might be a little oddball, but I think um, I don't think this is a is a quirky recommendation. Quirky recommendation, but. There's another series on Netflix that I really enjoyed last year um, that was called Home for Christmas, and it is a Norwegian. Um, I know I probably just turned, you know, everyone off to want to watch this, but it's really worth it. It's a it's a Norwegian uh, series um, that is set in um, you know this little small town, charming small little village in um, in Norway. And it's about a woman. She's single. Um, she's, you know, in her early 30s. It's got a little bit of a Sex in the City vibe to it also. And uh, she's, you know, her family is putting all this pressure on her to find a boyfriend. Um, it's December 1st. They're at a family dinner. And she lies and tells them, I got a boyfriend. And then it's all about her trying to find a boyfriend before Christmas to show them that she actually is with somebody. But it's it's a lot more than that. Like, it's really just about her relationships with her family. It's about her relationships with her friends. Um, the setting. Uh, I just learned this new term lately that the term hug is like a Scandinavian term for like warmth and comfort and coziness during the holiday. And everything about this gave me that feeling because it's just, you know, it, what better setting than Norway, snow right. falling, charming, you know, little buildings and Christmas trees all everywhere. Uh, then, um, then that, what can be more hoog than that? So it's um, really a very, uh, it's a little bit more raunchy. It's got, you know, a, lot, a little bit more bad language, uh, you know, sexual content, things like that. So it's not for the kids. It's, it's really a, 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 a nice Christmas show that's a little more adult themed. So Mike, you know, you said fun and charming, right? Those are the words you used. Yeah, I said that for the last show. But too. no, it's appropriate. Got right to adult theme. Yeah. But it's really, that's what holiday entertainment is all about, especially True. now. You know, I've yeah. had conversations as recently as today with people because they know we're pop culture guys. They come to us to talk about this stuff. You know, <laughs> we were saying that, you know, so much of what's out there is so serious. We just want to be entertained. Right. Let's have fun. And uh, I am not familiar with what's Home for Christmas was the show you mentioned. Yes. Yep. On Netflix. And, and it's got, you know, it, it does a nice job of mixing the fun with also some more uh, drama, a little drama mixed in. Um, nothing too heavy, though. But it, it does pull the heartstrings at times. Like she works at a hospital as a nurse and she gets close with certain patients. So, you know, inevitably there's going to be some, you know, some tragic relationships there with characters that you care about. Um, but it, it really, and, and they do a great job of character development. Um, you know, her boss is frustrated, is very frustrating to watch at first, but you also see, she gets, you know, these moments to shine, you see her humanity. So it, it really, um, it's really a well-written, well-designed show. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it does have some emotional moments as well as, you know, the fun. Great. I love that recommendation. It's really not something I'm familiar with, but I'm going to try to check it out before the holiday. I think that's great. Okay, so I'm going to say one more thing about it uh, that, you know, might turn everybody off to it. But I highly recommend you watch it with the original Norwegian and uh, the English subtitles turned on. I started it. I didn't. It automatically started with the English. And I was like, man, this acting is just not so great. <laughs> Stick with the Norwegian and, uh, and English subtitles. Okay, good. That's what I'm going to do. That's perfect. Thank you for that. So for my next recommendation, I'll talk about a movie that I watched recently on Turner Classic Movies which is a documentary that just came out. It is called Dean Martin, King of Cool. Okay. It was about a 90 minute documentary 
about the life of the legendary entertainer, Dean Martin. And earlier this year, I finished the second volume of a two volume set about Frank Sinatra. And I read a lot about Dean Martin. I really didn't know much about him, but this film came out. His daughter, Dina, was one of the producers of it, which always you know, makes it seem like, okay, is it going to be straightforward? Is it going to be, you know, since a family member is involved, is it going to be an honest portrayal? But I think it really was. And Dean Martin is really, there's not many entertainers like him today because he was a movie star and actually a really yeah. good actor. He was a TV yeah. personality that hosted these great television programs, including uh, the Dean Martin show, which was a classic variety show. He was part of the Rat Pack. He could sing. He was just a consummate entertainer and a very charming guy. And it does kind of fit in with the Christmas stuff because he loved Christmas, had one of the most successful Christmas albums of all time. Great album. Yeah, great album. Hosted Christmas TV specials, one of which was just remastered and on PBS, I think, Thanksgiving night. Listeners may be able to get it on demand. But anyhow, I like the movie a lot. Now, I can't tell you that I loved it. OK, it's not. I've seen better documentaries that held my interest more, but I liked it a lot. And I learned some stuff about Dean Martin I didn't know before, had great vintage footage. And so I recommend it, but I can't tell you that I'm like, oh, this was the best thing I've ever seen. It's just fun and charming and entertaining. But I do feel like Dino gets a little shortchanged, right? I mean, uh, Frank Sinatra and Sammy Davis are, you know, such huge personalities. And, um, you know, Sammy Davis's impressions are, you know, legendary and also yep. great singer and dancer. And, you know, obviously Frank Sinatra is the most legendary crooner of all time. Um, but, but Dean Martin was, you know, just as good in terms of being a crooner, right? And, uh, yeah. and, like, and as you mentioned, his yeah i mean frank was also in quite a quite a few movies but you know the the, the jerry uh, the dean and jerry you know shows like the movies he could do the comedic stuff he could do right. the uh you know the, the oceans 11 you know he could do this well i guess frank did that too but regardless that that's what i'm talking that that kind of proves the point i'm talking about frank always seemed to overshadow dino right. and uh it's good that something kind of gives him a little bit more I mean, he was beloved. I, I understand that. But it's good that, you know, a documentary today has kind of given him uh, more of the spotlight. Yeah, I agree with that, Mike. And one of the things I'd always heard about Dean Martin, which intrigued me, was the idea that, oh, Sinatra would go out partying in Vegas and stay up till five in the morning. But Dean Martin, yeah. he would go to sleep. He would fake drinking alcohol. And they touch on that a <laughs> lot in the film. And there are these great stories in there about parties at Dean Martin's house where he'd show up, he'd pat <laughs> everyone on the back, say, how you doing? Then would literally go to bed. And somebody walked by his bedroom <laughs> during a party at his house. And Dean Martin is in bed watching the Andy Griffith show. Wow. That's really something. I mean, it kind of now you're making me remember. Do you remember that HBO movie about the Rat Pack? I didn't watch um, it with Ray Liotta as Sinatra or something. It was pretty good. And um, not a great movie, but it's still pretty good. And Joe, yeah. um, uh, Joe Montana played. Yeah. yeah played. Um, played Dino. And uh, and there was a scene in there where they were all partying and it, it's actually a little bit raunchy. They go through different levels and they show the different members of the Rat Pack with, you know, different women. And Frank, uh, you know, is, you know, has more than one person in the room with him. And then they go to Dean's room and he's by himself just, you know, mm -hmm. watching TV, getting ready to fall asleep. And, you know, it kind of shows him uh, also there's a there's an interesting scene with him where uh, he's kind of not depressed, but he's kind of a little down the dumps. He's like, guys, don't you realize this is all kind of a facade? Like, this is just our moment. This is not reality. And he goes, watch this. And he goes, blah, 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 blah. Like, just makes a funny noise to two passersby. And they laugh. And he's like, you see, I didn't even do anything. Um, and they're laughing at me. This is not real. This is just, uh, you know, uh, uh, um, this is just our time. And, um, and he, he did have a great line where he said, I feel bad for people who don't drink. That's the best they're going to feel, feel all day. But it, it, it was juxtaposed with, you know, him, as you mentioned, this documentary brings out not really being that way. Right. It was a, it was an act. It was an act. Yeah. It, right. Is that, it was around that you're right. That's around my roundabout way of saying, yeah, it really got showed him his act. Right. Um, uh, uh, yeah. And one thing I learned about the Rat Pack is they would do, multiple shows in one night and they would be repetitive, the same jokes and everything. So right. it truly was an act, you know, you're doing the same fake stuff over and over and over again. But that well, being they, said, but they, they're still was, legends. 
they are legends and it was fun to watch. And uh, I do recommend it overall, even though I didn't, didn't love it. I recommend it. Excellent. Okay. So Mike, what's your next recommendation? Um, okay. So this is not really a recommendation. It's just, I was going through, maybe it is a recommendation. I was going through some of the animated things that I like to watch around this time of year. And, um, so the ones that resonate with me a lot, I, I, for some reason, Mickey's Christmas Carol always hits me. Um, I think there's something about, um, I, I even saw a making of where it kind of took you through how they did the sound effects. And it's just, it, to me, it's brilliant the way they bring it to life. Um, it's haunting. Uh, it's uh, it, Scrooge is, is uh, you know, really well played in that. And, uh, Goofy's hysterical as Marley and, uh, you know, falling down the stairs and tripping on his chains. But um, it, there's something about it that's haunting and moving to me at the same time. Um, and that's one that along with I said this during the, one of the Halloween episodes that, that we did, Scott, uh, the Garfield movie cartoons are underrated. Garfield Halloween was great. And then a Garfield Christmas also had, always had a moment for me growing up as a kid watching that really I don't know what it was that hit me about this. But there's a scene where he sits on the lap of uh, John's mother and she's stroking him and talking about, you know, petting him and talking about old times. And it always hit me how well that captured, um, you know, just the nostalgia people have uh, for Christmas, longing for old times. Um, you know, they're in front of this crackling fire and it's comforting and warm, warming. And um, and then later on, they have, you know, big Christmas sing along with the family. Uh, so it's funny because there's the Garfield jokes that are, you know, deadpan. Um, the um, if you bear with me one second, I'll tell you the name of the, the voice actor who did the Garfield Christmas, because I couldn't tell you his name last time. Oh, it, his name was Lorenzo Music. Birth name, wow. Gerald David Music. Gerald David Music. Um, that music is actually his last name, I guess. And, um, he, to me has always been the perfect voice actor, his dead panning, um, uh, his dry humor, the delivery is always perfect for, for, uh, Garfield and that show overall just, um, captures something for me. Uh, it maybe goes back to, you know, my memories as a kid growing up, but I watch that. I try to watch that every season. And then the last one I wanted to mention was, um, a show, a, a cartoon from the early '80s called "The Snowman," and it kind of the reason why this came back to me was I remember I've been watching um, the Polar Express for the last few years. I'm like, what the heck? I know the book, you know, came out. Uh, I guess uh, you know it's been out forever, um, but it. I was like, what is this cartoon that I'm also being reminded of? It was The Snowman, where this kid, um, it's. 80s beautiful 80s animation you feel like you're watching uh one of those really well drawn um uh, picture books that we'd watch as a kid where he builds a snowman it comes to life at night he they show it they show each other uh he shows the the snowman around his house he shows him his yard the snowman eventually they fly and the snowman takes them to the to the north pole they have a romp with other snowmen and santa claus the music is absolutely beautiful and captivating um it's uh it's uh, i almost want to call it romantic um it's so beautifully done and, and the music is so uh is so uh beautiful and then he comes back uh obviously and uh this is going to be a spoiler alert in typical you might want to fast forward about 15 seconds in typical 80s fashion they crush your hopes and dreams and the snowman melts you know the next morning um you know the 80s were great for crushing children right um <laughs> but it, but it's something that it's it, that um is kind of magic and i don't know that you always get that with animation uh these days it's slow um they take their time um you know they they want to show this uh boy teaching this snowman about his life and where he lives and 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 take him they take him around the forest and around his home but it's beautiful and if you can if you're patient and can um and like that kind of thing um i think it's something that you know people should watch around this time of year so mike those are unbelievable recommendations and i don't know how to tackle them uh i said tackle is the wrong word because i think they're all great. i threw i threw a lot at you there i know i threw a lot out uh, i threw, threw a no, lot that, out there that's yeah. good i actually wanted to ask you i have never seen the snowman do you know if that's streaming anywhere it's on youtube it's on youtube yeah it's like a 25 26 minute uh cartoon 
Oh, okay. I miss, must have misheard something you said. I thought it was like a longer movie or something like that. So it's on. No, no, no. It, it's really just um, uh, it's it's just a animation set to music. It's almost like the old Disney. Um, what were they? The ones where they were all set to music, Scott. With silly um, symphonies. Silly symphonies. There you go. I could not place that. Yes, they're like it's like a silly symphony. Um, I think the I think some of the music is original though, and it is mm-hmm. uh, you know rendered the artwork is is gorgeous awesome yeah i'm gonna check that out i'm not familiar with that sounds sounds great sounds really great have you you've seen mickey's christmas carol i was going to speak about that so so mickey's christmas carol for me is one of the defining films of my childhood i cannot tell you how many times i would watch that movie around the holidays and me too over and over over and over again and it's streaming on disney plus now which is great because you could revisit it again yeah and What's the name of the character? Is it Tiny Tim? Who is the Tiny Tim? Tiny Tim. Now you mentioned it when you were speaking a moment ago about I think you said something about how it's I forget the words you use, but it's heavy and emotional, but also kind. I don't know. But one of the things that even as a little kid watching the movie, I would it would kick off and it would be fun. I mean, you feel bad for the Mickey character because he'd be treated badly by Scrooge and all that. But when Tiny Tim first makes an appearance, you feel deflated. It just, yeah. as a viewer, it it crushes you. And then, okay, spoiler alert, it's it's a Christmas carol. So, you know, if you have no, if you don't know the Christmas carol, <laughs> sign off and let's get back to us. But, you know, at the end of the movie, when everything comes together in a happy way and they're together, and I guess they're having Christmas dinner or Christmas Eve dinner at yep. the end, and Tiny Tim is yep. there and he's smiling and feeling joy, you feel this amazing sense of relief to see Tiny Tim happy, you know? Yeah, because uh, I mean, the scene before is pretty uh, gut wrenching, especially for for kids, right? Yeah. I mean, the scene. Uh, I mean, it's not right before, but the Ghost of Christmas Future shows Scrooge what's going to happen to Tiny Tim, and uh, and it's uh, it's gut wrenching for a child to watch that. And then I was actually a little freaked out when um, he showed Scrooge his own fate, basically mm-hmm. sending your basically being like, you're going to hell, buddy. Right. Um, and dropping him into that pit of fire. Um, as a kid, those were pretty serious images um, yes. to take in. And um, yeah, I, 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 it stuck. That that show always stuck with me as a kid. And, and I'm, I'm with it. I watched it over and over myself. Yeah. And it's, um, it's a testament to Disney animation and how yeah. they can take something and make it for kids, but throw in this heavy stuff that just crushes the parents and crush it. Yeah. yeah that's right. Especially when you have kids and you see this, and you're like, Jesus, yes. I can't, can't imagine, you know? And you have, you know, Mickey is struggling um, as, you know, his partner, Bob Cratchit, right. Is, is struggling. Um, and um, I, I, I'll tell you, I, some of the jokes are adult too. Like when he talks about the interest rate that he charges, I didn't yeah. get that as a kid. I'm like, no wow, he's a, you know, yeah. I mean, um, you know, he's a real uh, loan shark, basically uh, Scrooge, but yeah, they throw a lot of adult things in for you and the emotions don't go away. You still, it's still, every time I watch it, I'm kind of transported back to when I saw it as a kid. Yes, it's a great film. I'm going to rewatch it. I, I, ha- I meant yeah. to watch it last holiday season and I didn't, uh, but I always enjoy it. So that's a, that's a great recommendation. Uh, I have a feeling you've never watched either of my Garfield recommendations, but I'm, I, I am uh, uh, generally alone on that. I know I, most people I have don't. a memory of something related to that because I kind of, <laughs> I like you talked about the scene where the Garfield was on the lap, and I, I have a recollection of that, but I just, I wonder, is that streaming anywhere? That I don't know. I, I had a hard time finding it. I, actually, I don't think it is. I tried finding it. I think you had to pay for it. Um, I wonder if it's on but, YouTube. Um, that clip could anyway. be. very well could be but but there's more than that like Odie has a great moment in that you know mm-hmm. uh john arbuckle you know with his brother there's some and and their father actually there's kind of some sweet moments going on in there and you know mixed in are these deadpan garfield jokes that i've always found amusing since i was a little yeah. kid garfield's yeah. funny i i it still holds up very well very funny it really does uh you know, uh, some of it is 80s humor, which was, you know, not as caring about bullying and kids feelings and stuff. So just, you know, know that going in, you know, you might hear some stuff. If you have little kids, you might be like, ah, you know, take it easy, Garfield. But uh, <laughs> true. slow down, slow down. 
but yeah, but it's but it's still the jokes. I said this on uh, the Halloween episode. They still land. They mm-hmm. do. Yeah, for sure. Uh, well, yeah. Mike, those those are great. I love those. That's uh, thank you. I'm glad you mentioned Mickey's Christmas Carol, especially because that that movie means a lot to me. And uh, me too. You ever watch Muppets Christmas Carol also streaming on Disney Plus with Michael Caine? You know, it's funny. As much as I love the Muppets growing up, I, I, I never was able to really get through the Christmas Carol one. <laughs> you know, I, a, I, I feel bad statement. saying that. I know I feel bad saying that because I, I really do have a deep appreciation for the Muppets. Um, but uh, that one never, never resonated with me. Okay, very good. Uh, that's uh, my bad. I'm sorry. We, no, we love the honesty. We love it. Yeah. So let's see. What, what else can I talk to you about? I got two TV show recommendations. One of them I'm just going to mention very quickly because I'm only just begun. I'm three episodes in or four episodes in. Chucky, okay, on USA <laughs> Network. Yeah, just just watch it. That's all I'm going to say. I, I love this yeah. show. Okay, now I got to ask you because this was one that came out when we were kind of younger, right? Yes. And um, I think I've seen clips of it as an older person, and you know, obviously the special effects didn't quite hold up. But it scared the bejesus out of me as a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, is this a scary show or is this kind of more uh, a play? It's not a play. I, I'm sure it's scary. But how scary is it? Is it, does it, is it self-aware or, or is it uh, really trying to give you the jump scares and the, um, the psychological scares? I don't think it gives you the jump scares or the psychological scares in a major way. Maybe a couple of scenes. I find it more funny okay. than anything else. Okay. Okay. Good to know. So how gory is it? Like, is it, is it very violent? Are there a lot of, does Chucky build a big body count? The answer is yes. He builds a very big body count. And for USA network, it's gory. And on top of that, it involves a lot of high schoolers and bad stuff happening to high schoolers. So in that sense, it's pretty graphic. Okay. Okay. So uh, teen slasher stuff going on. I, had read on Twitter, somebody say, congrats to the makers of Chucky for doing stuff on TV that no other horror show has done. So when I read that, I think to myself, okay, I have to see this and I'll be the judge of this because I've seen a lot of horror, probably more than any other genre. (laughs) And I'm not saying I agree with the author of that tweet, but I get where the author's coming from because the death scenes and the way they're done and the stuff that happens in the plot is unique. It's not just, oh, slasher everybody and see how it plays out. It gets to a whole law enforcement angle, gets to the backstory in a kind of different okay. way and so forth. Yeah. So I, I love it. I think it's a lot of fun. It's not just how crazy can we make these kills? It's uh, no, there's a little bit more, a little bit more to it. No. And for example, the lead character, I really, I feel bad. I, I don't know the actor's name, but the lead teenage boy in it, it gets into the backstory of his relationship with his father, who something happens to in the first episode and whether or not he was abused as a kid. And there's questions about his sexual orientation and about whether he should come out to his father, like stuff like that, deep, meaningful stuff that goes beyond the traditional Chucky stuff. But when it comes to the Chucky stuff, it's good. It's good. It's the fun stuff. Okay. It's the fun (laughs) stuff. Chucky has always been a funny, I mean, I, to be honest with you, I was never into Chucky like I was Michael Myers or Freddy Krueger or even the Universal Monsters, but yeah, it's fun. It's fun. Okay, I, I can't promise I'm going to follow up on that recommendation because sure. horror has just been a little bit harder for me, but it does sound like a really fun show. Because of the If I can't get the nerve up, yeah, if I can't get the nerve up, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to push it. I'm going to try and I'm going to see what I can do. And I'll note it is now streaming on Peacock as of, I think today, it was like the first day, the whole series is streaming on Peacock and it was renewed for season two. Was that an NBC show? USA is owned by NBC. I oh, USA. Okay. Oh, it was USA, which does right. a little bit more. It does. Right. Uh, That's um, where the Purge TV show was. Another classic. Show. Another, another oh. classic show. <laughs> but um, my yeah. other TV show recommendation, which I really like, I have one episode left, is the Steve Martin, Martin Short, Selena Gomez show, Only Murders in the Building. I've heard it's great. You would like it a lot. You would like it. I got to watch that. I've heard it's, it's terrific. Can yes. you tell me uh, like a little bit about um, what's the show about? I, I haven't really got, I just heard how great it is. I haven't really heard anything about it though. So here's the deal. It is about 
three people living in an amazingly beautiful and historic New York City apartment building, which is filmed. It's a real building. And that's yeah. actually one of the great things about watching it is the architecture of this building. And there's a death in the building. And it's not clear if it's a suicide or a murder. And Martin Short and Steve Martin, Martin Short plays a former Broadway director who has fallen on hard times. Steve Martin plays a former TV star. And Selena Gomez is a resident in the building. They're all, what they do is they start a podcast, a true crime podcast, just like is so popular nowadays, devoted to solving what happened to the victim. The guy's name was Tim Kono. What okay. happened to Tim Kono? And that's the basic premise. And the podcast takes off, becomes popular, and it touches on who they get funding from. Well, what's that person's backstory? Who are the suspects in the building? I won't give anything away, but there's a mega music star <laughs> that's in one of the episodes as a suspect. Okay. So, wow. <laughs> so it's funny yeah. that way. And what's great about it is you get the combination of Steve Martin and Martin Short, Martin Short, which doesn't get it better than that. I mean, legends. doesn't get better than that. And then Selena Gomez is really good. I heard an interview with Steve Martin and Martin, Martin Short. I'm having trouble saying this on the Howard Stern show. And he asked her, well, what asked them? What about Selena Gomez? Because, you know, when you think of the two of them, Selena Gomez is not the name that comes to mind right away. And they said, she's one of us. She's funny. She's got personality. And it's true. She's got this great presence in the show. And there's other guests. I mean, household name stars make appearances in the show. And it's unpredictable. It's a true mystery. I'm going into the last episode. I have a sense where it's going, but I'm not sure. And each episode is about 25 to 35 minutes. So it's like, boom, turn it on. Get a quick fix in and you're good to go. So how many how many episodes is it? Ten. ten. Oh, ten. You said you said that. That's right. Okay. Uh, nine or ten. But nine or ten. I think it's ten. Nine or ten? Yeah. Yeah. That's fun. All right. That one I, I got I gotta I gotta check that one out. Um, I've been hearing so much about this. And I agree with what you said about Selena Gomez. I saw her in uh, uh, and you probably have too, that movie Spring Breakers. Yes. And I was I found her convincing. Yes. Um, you know, look, I know she's playing the goody two shoes in that. But at the same time, she does have a little bit of psychosis, you know, like like you can see her struggling with the situation that she's in there. I always thought she was talented. Yes. Um, and uh, yeah, I can see I, I'm, I'm surprised to hear that she got the comedy chops. And I'm really interested to see that. I mean, and I've always loved Steve Martin going back, you know, from the jerk to uh, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels to, you know, Three Amigos was I mean. That that's that is a defining comedy from my childhood, you know. So I, I and with Martin Short, obviously, you know, yes. they, they're so great together in that. Um, yeah. All so right, Mike, you, that's I, great. I want to tell you something. First of all, about Selena Gomez, what is great about her is her delivery, very deadpan. Yeah. Just it's it's unique. But I'm going to tell you. I hope I get this story right. I read Steve <laughs> Martin's autobiography called "Born Standing Up" about his background as a stand-up comedian. And he told a story in there where he, when he was a younger comedian, he would go and play these large venues. He was very successful, obviously. And then he would say, okay, everybody come with me. And he would take a huge group of people and they would go walk to the local McDonald's and they would go into the McDonald's and they'd get to the register and it'd be Steve Martin with a massive crowd and they would order one small fries. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> oh my god that was awesome I, that just it's kind of me. funny for those poor people but yeah. you know you get the wild that's true. That's true. Wow. but also just like the workers yeah. you know they think oh this order is going to be unbelievable but that was yeah, i hope i get that i hope i got that right but that's that has stuck with me from the time i read that book he's always been clever and yeah incredible oh that's that, yeah and with that's martin short one. i just want to say one of the greatest characters in movie history is frank from father of the bride Oh, legendary. Legendary. Yep. Which that, leads to, uh, yeah. Go, go ahead. ahead. Which leads to what? One of the greatest lines in the comedy where Steve Martin asks the actor B.D. Wong, are you Frank? And B.D. Wong goes, I wish. <laughs> <laughs> Great memory. Oh, man. And again, their chemistry is off the charts, the two of them. In yes. that. They're, they're so good together. Yeah, man. it's a lot of fun. So that's my other recommendation delightful great recommendation thank you thank yeah. you now mike i have a question first off if you had any yes. other recommendations by all means mention them but you mentioned i don't know if it was on the air or up the air i can't remember now there was something i recommended that you watched that you liked a lot and i watched yes. something that you recommended so, so tell me what it was if you don't mind what what i recommended this is exactly where i wanted to go uh also it's like we're in sync scott you know so 
you made uh, you made a few recommendations that were great. So Freaky, I watched. I thought that was so much fun as a horror movie. We talked about that last show. Um, I really enjoyed Vince Vaughn and that and the kids that he was working with all did a terrific job in that movie. And it really is a fun Halloween horror movie. Um, yes. Great. Then you, you recommended uh, Ted Lasso. You put me over the edge. I finally watched Ted Lasso. Everybody's on this show. I don't have to say anything about it. Everybody's seen it. It's, it's you know, a terrific show. Great characters, great writing, great stories. Uh, but the show that, you know, kind of flies under the radar um, from Apple Plus that I read an article recently that called it the best show on Apple Plus is Dickinson. You crushed it with that recommendation. You were ahead of the Thank curve, you. my Thank friend. Thank you. Well, I, I want to talk about this, but before I do, I have a Ted Lasso question for you, okay? Go ahead. Where would you rank the season two Ted Lasso Christmas episode in terms of holiday entertainment? Is the, Okay, season two Christmas episode. Oh, where they go to the house to... Right. to uh, um, I, I could watch that one. Like, it kind of... I'm trying to think if I feel like that about the office Christmas episodes where I could watch them over and over without watching another office episode. Right. right? I think I could. And I I do think I could, because it's so fun to watch all the players show up at his house. And then, you know, at the same time, if I'm not mistaken, that's the one where Ted is also, he can't bring himself to leave the house. Right. And he's starting to have panic attacks. Am I right? Correct. And then, and you really start to get into his psychology, right? He's depressed. And then the owner of the team, I forget her name. She's great, though. Um, She's great. Yeah. The shame, family. shame lady from uh, Game of Thrones. Yeah. Well, the owner of the team, the owner of the football yeah. club. She's terrific. Uh, she takes Ted out and they deliver gifts. Yes, that's right. Okay, yeah. So it's been a little while since I've watched that episode. But, yeah. you know, I, I love that they give him that kind of depth. Um, I love that they juxtapose it with the holiday season. And the players are so fun to watch. Uh, at the dinner with, um, what is he, director of operations or the president of operations? Right. Uh, I forget his name. Yeah. And, and they kind of just take over his charming little English cottage. And it's yes. it's uh, a, a lot of fun. And uh, yes, I could watch that one over and over again the way that I do The Office right. uh, Christmas shows. Yeah. I'm happy to hear that. I'm glad you like Ted Lasso. And I'm thrilled that you like Dickinson. Thrilled. Oh, my God. Well, first of all, you pushed me over the edge to finally watch Ted Lasso. So thank you. And then on uh, Dickinson, um, I, I was blown away by how much I enjoyed this show. Um, it does a beautiful job of mixing genres. It seamlessly goes between like um, almost like a sitcom type uh, 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 type of show to a more quirky, outrageous show to a drama, all within you know the span of a 30 minute episode. Yeah. And um, I love the mixing of the new lingo with the old lingo. Uh, I love the um, this show does angst and unrequited love and, uh, you know, longing for, you know, love that you can't have as good or better than just about any show I've seen. And the soundtrack is off the charts. Um, The mood it sets like it from I would say from October 1st to January 1st is the perfect time to watch the show because it takes you through the fall and winter season. Um, and it, it kind of captures the magic of this season also. Um, but for anybody who hasn't seen it, the, the, you said you did a great job explaining it last time, but just to kind of reach retread, um, it, uh, takes you through the early life of Emily Dickinson, her struggles with being, uh, this brilliant poet who's struggling with the ideas of, does she, um, should she be famous? Does she want to be famous? Does she want to write for herself? Does she only want to write for the love of her life? Uh, does she want to uh, uh, step out in the world and be heard now? Or is that something that would just, you know, swallow her whole and destroy her art? And it's uh, amazing the way they take you through this. And the characters that they bring in, by the way, like um, uh, who's the woman from Girls who plays Mary Louise Alcott? It, she's absolutely hysterical talking about writing Little that Women. That is right? um, Mamet, Josiah Shows, Mamet, right? Yeah, that- Josiah Mamet. Yes, right. great one. Uh, John Mulaney, I know he's having his issues right now, but he's hysterical as Thoreau. Um, Jonah from uh, from um, Veep plays uh, Olmstead, who designed Central Park. Um, they're all yeah. oh, just so good. And the father in that is, you know, I think it's interesting the way they go from season one to season two, Scott, about like her struggles with why, you know, they tried to, I think they struggled with 
uh, didn't struggle with, but they wanted to portray her struggles with why she never became famous, right? Mm-hmm. And in the first season, her father stifling her because Mike, he I want to say something. I don't want to interrupt you. Oh, I'm sorry. That Go is ahead. my no, next watch. I'm going. I'm going on too much. Go yeah, ahead. Yeah, because yeah. I I'm I'm so been watching so much. Dickinson was literally next to my list to be started this week, so I can't talk about season two just yet. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, 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 no. no. That's, well, but yeah, go ahead. Continue. Not, not, I, don't I, get into season two, but just talk about anything else about the I show. I don't think I'm giving anything away by saying this, by okay. saying this about season two. Season one, you see her father put the, the societal pressures on her, and that's one of the reasons why you see her struggling with fame. In season two, she struggles with the idea of fame itself. And I think that's a really... It's it's fascinating the way they cover it. Like I, I I know that it's not necessarily the most original theme, but it's done really well here, and it explores, you know, how fame uh, can suffocate your creativity. And it's it's season two is quite brilliant. It also gets into really heavy racial issues about um, you know one of the characters is putting out a secret underground. Um, one of the 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 um, uh, black servant uh, um, people who works there on the farm uh, puts out a, an underground newspaper that's trying to support John Brown and his revolution. And it takes you through his struggles and psychological struggles and how it affects his family. I mean, this show does so much. In, in, in not necessarily, it's, you know, there's 10 episodes, 30, 30 minutes each, but it just does so much with that time. Yeah. Well, hearing you talk about it has got me so ready to watch season two uh, because it's so well done. And By the way, if anybody wants, oh, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead, go Mike. First. Absolutely. Yeah. I just wanted to say if anybody's thinking about, you know, whether they want to watch this or not, I just feel like Scott, the party scene in season three. Um, kind of captures the vibe of the whole show, the absurdity of it. But at the same time, you know, these women struggling, like she and her sister struggling with uh, societal norms um, in a funny way, mm-hmm. her brother and his relationship with, you know, uh, the woman he proposes to versus Emily's relationship with her um, and how they struggle with each other. But then they have this really fun dance scene that's so quirky, but at the same time, it's dreamlike and you kind of feel swept up in it all. You said season three. Isn't there a scene like that in season one, too? Episode episode three. Episode three, season one. Okay, yes. Episode three, season one. Yes, I'm sorry. Yeah, I didn't. No, 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 absolutely. Misspoke. No, no, no. And um, it's a show that on paper should not work. Yes. It's it's a show that should not work. Yes. um, But it does. And I think it speaks a lot to Apple TV Plus, which is hitting it out of the park with Dickinson, Ted Lasso also on Apple TV plus. Yep. And a whole host of other shows and movies, a lot of which I have yet to see, but that are very good. Now, Dickinson, a few other observations. First off, Haley Steinfeld is one of the best actors, actresses of her generation. So let's think about what she's done. She emerged onto the scene in true grit. Yep. Where she got an Oscar nomination as a little kid. I forget how old she was. She goes on to make, yeah, she's Young, like kid. she's like 13 or something. Yeah, it's amazing. She goes on to make a movie. I think you and I have talked about one of the best team movies ever made. The Edge of 17 with Woody Harrelson. Great movie. Yep. Great movie. She stars in Dickinson. Along, I mean, there's other stuff she's been in, of course. She and now carries Dickinson. By the way, she is the backbone it. of the show. She, she is. The backbone. She really holds. She holds it together. Like uh, her performance anchors everything. Um, she kind of dominates the screen when she's on. And everybody feeds off of her really well. She dominates that show. In a show with tremendous actors and actresses. Tremendous she holds, actors. She leads it. She leads it. And yes. um, while I haven't started yet, Hawkeye, which everything I hear is how amazing she is in Hawkeye. Yeah. On Disney Plus. <laughs> I haven't seen she, that either. I'm going to watch it too. That's, yeah. that's a must see. But a Dickinson, yep. it's a risky show. And I commend them for taking yep. the risk. It. Uh, I had no interest really in poetry. And I knew who Emily Dickinson was, but... To be honest, I would never have really gone to the Barnes and Noble and bought a biography of her. But now watching the show alone made me very interested in her life. And it's a, you know, it's a very well-produced show as well. I don't know what Apple TV sent spent on that show, but it is, it takes production value. And here's the weird thing about Dickinson is that you're in, um, you're caught up in that time and place. And then out of nowhere, they'll break into a pop song. Oh, you'll hear the yes. language and it works. It doesn't, you're like, oh, it that fits perfectly. No, it works perfectly. And it, part of that it is kind the of shows, cast. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. I was going to say part yeah. of that is the youthful cast that is able to talk like that. But the dad, 
the act, I don't know the guy's name. He's a good actor. I've seen him in a bunch of stuff. So good. He is so good. And Jane Krakowski as the mom is also real good, real good. So good, Mike. Oh yeah. And I was going to say, I wanted to kind of just reiterate what you were saying about breaking into the pop songs and all that, but it doesn't feel out of time or place, right? right. They do a, be- a wonderful job of showing how the themes of the past mesh perfectly almost with the themes of today. They use a lot of modern lingo uh, and past lingo uh, together. They mix them together in a way that everything feels authentic still. And I also, the way they use the poetry, right? They scroll her writing across the scene and they yes. show her working out in her head these, this poetry and they show what's going on around her while she's working out this poetry in her head. And it's almost like the screen is on fire when they, when they, when they show her writing across right. the screen. Uh, it, it's, it, it gets into her passion. You feel her passion and her soul coming out. I'm just so, I, I can't be more impressed with what they did with the show. It kind of reminds me when you spoke a moment ago about breaking into pop song and it works. This may be a hot take. I'm not trying to be controversial. It kind of reminds me of Hamilton in a way. In this, yeah, just from I was a general thinking concept. the same thing. Yeah, because I was thinking the same thing. Now I will. I'll make a bold statement. This will get us to lose a lot of listeners. I think Hamilton is overrated. <laughs> okay, I do. Uh, um, I will argue with. I will argue. I think that's backlash. But I. I will argue. We can argue that at another day. I don't think get me wrong. Is, I like it. I think the show's. It, I've never been hit on so many emotional and intellectual levels at the same time as when I first saw that show. But we can argue that another day. That's what I said about Chucky. <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> it's, um, no, I think the, yeah, I do like it. Don't get me wrong. I've seen it in person and I saw it on Disney Plus where I actually liked it more than in person. I must say that because I think now I was able to yeah. get up close with the actors and see what they're And also listening with uh, watching with subtitles on Disney Plus made a big difference. Because I was oh, able that's to stay fair. pace with the it, lyrics. Right, right, right. But just the uh, idea I'll, that, I'll, yeah. yeah, I was going to say with Hamilton, it's like, you, okay, there's no way that they're going to take the founding fathers and have them rap because that can't work. But yet it does. And it works really well. And Dickinson, it's the same yeah. thing. They're not going to take Emily Dickinson and the people from that time and make them talk like it's 2021. Well, it works. It and actually works. Mike, you mentioned one of my favorite things about Dickinson, which is the way the words sort of burn onto the screen. It's so yep. creative. And yeah. the show does such a good job at making you realize how much of a genius Emily Dickinson was. Yes, it, it, it does. And um, th- this, the soundtracks that they play over it uh, enhances it. You know, the, the, the music that they play, just it, you can, it, somebody compared her, I forget who I was reading, but they compared her to, I don't think this is a perfect analogy, but she would kind of be the Billie Eilish of her day, you know, like she's got that um, that moody, angsty thing going on. But but at at the same time, like you said, watching the poetry come to life on the screen in this scrolling, fiery, you know, her handwriting and uh, watching her feel the world around her and then being able to express herself as, um, you know, as beautifully as she does. It, it is her, her poetry is our work. Her, her poems are works of genius. They are. They really are. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you like that. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm very happy that you enjoyed Dickinson. I'll just, I loved it. I got to warn your audience that the first episode, they do a whole lot like at once, like you, you really, they really throw you into their style and yes. it could be a lot for some people to take. So just be, if the first episode is a little overwhelming and you know a little much, just try and get through the second episode because yeah. By the end of the second episode, when Mitski's best American girl hits, uh, I mean, it just like, you know, it's it sets, you know, it really just hits you and overwhelms you, I think. Yeah. Uh, and it was a lot for me. The end of the second episode. Yeah. Yeah. When I first watched, I was like, oh, I don't know if I really like this. And then I stuck with it. And then things that surprised me in the first episode where I'm like, I'm not sure I'm into this. I ended up really coming to like in the subsequent episodes. Yeah. And I loved it right from the get go, but I was watching it and thinking, wow, this could be a lot for people to process because it's so different. And they try to do so much in that first episode, Uh, but it's worth it. And the second episode, by the time you get to the, the, I thought the end of this, uh, the second episode, it's a little adult. It is very adult themed. The whole show is very adult themed, not for kids at all. Not for kids. Uh, But the the end of that, you know, where they show her relationship with Sue um, and they play Mitski, it just, you know, it again, overwhelming. So loved it. Loved it. Highly, 
I could not have loved that recommendation more. Thank you, sir. That means a lot. Thank you. Yeah. And you gave a great recommendation on our prior show, which I watched, which is the Netflix movie. I care a lot starring Rosamund oh, Pike and, and Peter Dinklage. Now I I'll be honest with you, Mike, I was going to watch it, but I wasn't that excited for it. And when I turned it on, I vividly remember this. I mean, I got a weird thing, Mike, I'm going to do you, when you, I'm going to, this is meant to be in the show. I want to talk to you about this. Do you remember where you were when you saw certain movies? Like, can you picture what you were doing, yes. where you were sitting and things? I'm the same yes. way. I don't know if other people are like that. I, re I really don't know. Like, I remember certain movie theaters I was in when I saw certain movies. Not every yes. movie, but for, for a lot of them, I can. Yeah. I remember if I was on my couch or if I was out. You know, yeah, I, I can do that. Yeah. Now, with I Care A Lot, one of the things I remember was being exhausted before I started the movie. And I saw it. I think I saw it was over two hours long. I'm like, well, do I really want to watch it now? But Mike said it's, and it's really a lot good. to take. It's a lot to <laughs> it's take. It's a lot to take. Yeah. And I'm at a point now where if I feel tired, chances are I'm going to pass out of sleep. OK. Yeah. When I put on I Care A Lot, I was it was like adrenaline. I was so into it. It just lifted me up and I stayed up the whole time, watched the whole thing in one sitting. It was so well done. And Peter Dinklage was so great in that it's movie. Great. Yeah. Great. And. I mean, the character played by Rosamund Pike is a vicious, nasty character. And you despise her because of the things she does, taking advantage of elderly people and in a horrible way. In yeah. A horrible, horrible robbing way. them, right? Throwing them into conservatorship, but Britney Spears, a la Britney Spears, but this in right. more than a mental institution and robbing them blind. It's actually, you make a great point in light of what the world has now seen with regard to Britney Spears. I think if you follow that, you would especially find this movie really interesting. Yeah, I, of, I think that's that a, a fair point. point. Yeah, and then Peter Dinklage comes along, and it adds a whole other dynamic to the movie in terms of a crime story and what's his background and yes. who are the people that he works with, and his relationship with Rosamund Pike, which goes one way and then takes a total one eighty towards the end of the film. I don't want to give anything away because there's so many plot twists. I, I just encourage our listeners to go check it out. When it came out, it was trending on Twitter. It was a big hit movie. Yeah, and I, I watched it because of you, Mike, and your recommendation. I trust you with this stuff, as you know, and I'm very grateful for that recommendation. Thank you. I love your description of it as uh, pure adrenaline because yes. it, it kind of, it, it, but it's pure tension the whole time. It's kind of, it reminded me of, I think I said this last time too, of uncut gems. You're constantly watching these people make bad decision after bad decision or, or horrible decision after horrible decision, but horrible towards other people. And you're constantly on the edge of your seat saying, oh my God, I, I can't. I don't know if I can root for anybody, but I can't stop watching these people. Exactly. Um, it, it, it's, 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 it's really a, a well done, well, well done movie. Oh, and one point of trivia, the guy who's in the beginning of the movie, she, um, who uh, she throws, I think his father or mother in jail and then comes back at the end. He's the lead character in blue ruin, which uh, was one of my first recommendations on the show. What? Watch wow. that. If you haven't seen it, another movie that does tension all comes better than circle. just about any block all comes full circle. That's right. Mike, say that again. It does what better than any other blockbuster? I missed what you said. Oh, Blue Ruin does tension, tension. better than any okay. blockbuster, blockbuster that I've seen in years. Um, yes, check that out. And I'll also say I've rarely watched a movie where I despised a character as much as Rosamund Pike's character. And I can't. Oh my God, she's right. You hate her, but at the same time, you can't stop watching her, right? You can't stop watching her. And every time you think she's going to get caught and her scheme yeah. of you know thieving and you know, ruining lives is going to get exposed she somehow gets out of it it's just astounding it's, it's really unbelievable. but i but the interesting part of that is that she gets out of it because she has no shame and right. she has uh she's you know sociopathic and does not just flat out does not care True. so most people uh you know when they're confronted with a person like that get off guard and get you know put on their heels and generally, as, if somebody doesn't admit when they're caught that they're wrong, sometimes people give them the benefit of the doubt. So that's why I found it kind of realistic. Like yeah. she was so sociopathic and so willing to just say, no, I didn't do that, that you believed she would get out of these. It wasn't like she got out of these because through some ridiculous. Um, well, OK, some of them are a little bit uh, outlandish, the scenario she's able to get sure. out of. But for the most part, you believe uh, that because of who she is. And her so, uh, her her sociopathic nature, you believe she would get out of these things? Yeah, because she's, uh, you know, on the surface, she's exactly what so many of the worst the worst 
uh, so many of the worst criminals in history are, which are yeah. people who are on their surface seem nice and friendly, and yet behind the scenes lead a completely different life where you would never suspect a thing. Yeah. And they're so cold and calculated about it. And just For sure. Don't care. Yep. Wow. Well, I think with that, we have gone through some amazing recommendations tonight. So what I would encourage all of our listeners to do is this weekend and throughout the rest of the holiday season and into the new year, check out what Mike and I have told you to check out because we do know what we're talking about. We, we're not wrong about this stuff. <laughs> Thank you. Right. And, and Dickinson for life. Just, just <laughs> Dickinson for life. Dickinson for life. <laughs> um, so with that, I am now going to tell our listeners where they can find us on social media. We are on Twitter at Stuff We Love Pod, Instagram at Stuff We Love Podcast, our website, StuffWeLovePodcast.podbean.com. You could write to us, StuffWeLovePodcast at gmail.com and tell us what you have been watching and listening to this holiday season. And if you haven't done so already, please leave us those good five-star reviews, which makes it easier for others to find the show. And Mike, what a night, what a season. This has been amazing. Love. I always love being here. It was a pleasure to be on here tonight. I hope people enjoy some of the stuff that we were able to recommend and I uh, hope everybody has a great holiday season. Thank you, Mike. And before we sign off, can I just tell our listeners something which I shared with you earlier today, which we're really happy about. This would be real quick. Everybody's talking about the Spotify wrapped thing. You know what this is? No. Spotify. What's this? Okay. If you subscribe. If did you, we, did well, we talk if, about this? I, I texted you some numbers earlier today. <laughs> Unless oh, I, I texted it to the it. wrong okay, person. I, like, I don't know. <laughs> I might have missed but, it. I'll, I'll go look. But um, okay. Spotify wrap is if you are on Spotify, it tells you at the end of the year, okay, who is the artist you listen to the most? What song did you listen to the most? And so oh. forth. Now, if you're a podcaster, they give you information about how well your podcast has done on Spotify. I did see this. Yeah, we, yes, I okay. do remember this text. Okay, we did talk now, about this. Before yes. I te- reveal these numbers, I want our listeners to keep in mind that we're on all podcast platforms. So not just Spotify. And here's what Spotify did for us, the Stuff We Love podcast in 2021. The number of streams went up by 620%. That is amazing. The number of hours of people that, hours listening to the Stuff We Love podcast went up 566%. And the number of listeners, our listeners, and we love you, went up 233%. Now, if you were invested in the stock market and this was your interest, yeah. <laughs> you would be I'm running the world. Early. Yes. And I so, want to invest in stuff we love podcast. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Mike. And so to our listeners, we say thank you. And we really are so happy that you enjoy the podcast and uh, tell your friends about it. Tell your family about it and just everybody subscribe. It's a lot of fun. And with that, you really do an incredible job. Well, real quick, Scott, you really yes. do an incredible job. And I really do love coming on here. This is the most fun show uh, around. So you do you do an outstanding job. And those numbers are, um, are a reflection of just how good you are at this. That means a lot, Mike. That means a lot. Thank you so much. And with that, we'll go around this virtual table one more time. I am Scott. I'm Mike. And this has been the Stuff We Love podcast.